Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the A to Z of Tech podcast. I'm your host as always, Louise, and almost unbelievably we have reached the penultimate letter of the alphabet. So this episode we're going to be looking at the letter Y for year in tech. I'm joined uh, today in the studio by two guests one of whom may sound a little bit familiar to some of you who've listened to some of our previous episodes. So we have Maria Accente, who is PwC UK's responsible AI lead, and Alex Rule, who is head of Metaverse Technologies, also here at PwC. So thank you both very much for joining me for this part of the discussion. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. So... Alex, if I might turn to you first, could you give us just a very quick reminder of what the metaverse is, if that's possible, Um, and then also some of your quick highlights of the year so far? Sure. So we like to think of the metaverse as the evolution of the internet itself. So the way that you interact with digital content and information is rapidly changing into a more immersive, spatialized experience. And some of my highlights from 2022 is that we've seen the hype of the initial metaverse kind of craze die down a little bit. And what we're now seeing is true value use cases, which is really exciting. A couple of highlights specifically, Citibank came out with a report earlier in the year to suggest that the metaverse related economy was going to be worth 13 trillion by around 2040, which is obviously very exciting for businesses. And we ourselves, PwC, released a report where business executives and consumers were surveyed about the metaverse. And over 80% of executives in business think that the metaverse is going to be business as usual within the one, within one to three years, which for someone like me is very exciting news. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much. And Maria, if I might turn to you. So as I said, some of our listeners might remember hearing from you in our E for Ethics podcast, which was back in the mists of time, and also more recently on our W for Web 3 episode as well. So it'd be great just to hear from you again, a quick recap of some of those highlights that you've seen over the past 12 months as well. It has been an interesting year for AI, not as interesting as the metaverse, as the new kid on the <laughs> block. But what we have seen with AI is a more subtle evolution. First of all, uh, boring AI is here to stay, meaning that a lot of the companies have invested in not only playing with AI, but adopting it at scale. They have been caught up with their data programs, with their cloud adoption that made possible for companies to really look into applications that will deliver real business value. The second big um, update of the year is the work the regulators are doing around the world, from European Commission to the UK to US, we see more and more regulatory projects that are coming of age that will hit the shelves very soon. And that will pose quite a bit of a challenge for companies operating globally, having to um, uh, uh, look at all those different rules, synchronize it, and continue to play and and play at global level and adopt AI in a safe and responsible manner. But probably the most excitement development of of the year is the merger merge of gen- generative AI, which is a type of AI that allows machine to uh, ingurgitate real content generated by humans, text, images, uh, video, audio, also code, and being able to generate content that's that's original, looks like being written by humans, uh, but but it's machine generated. And that might have 
Im- immense implication for a, a number of industry from creative uh, uh, to media including software development and i know some of that went quite viral actually quite recently didn't it so it's going to be interesting to hear a bit more um on some of those topics in a moment but actually before we do a bit more of a deep dive into some of those themes um i'm actually going to take a little bit of a step back and if we think a bit more broadly about the year in technology um i'm also just going to do a bit of a plug for my own team the cyber threat intelligence team So we actually also publish an annual year in retrospect report. Um, Hopefully that's going to be out in uh, March of 2023. And this is actually an annual report that we produce that does a bit of a deep dive into some of the research we've produced over the course of the past year, some of the techniques that we see major um, cyber threat actors using globally, and some of the topics that we're anticipating are going to be covered in this coming report include um, ransomware developments, which is always a really hot topic, some of the implications of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on the wider cyber threat landscape, and also more broadly, some of the new techniques and tools that we've seen being used as well over the course of the year. So if anybody's interested, keep your eyes peeled for that one being released as well in the future. But Maria and Alex, back to the both of you. Um, I'm anticipating there's going to be quite a lot of overlap um, in some of the topics that you've both touched on there. Um, so, Alex, if I might turn to you first of all, what do you think some of the implications of, of the trends that you've seen over the past year mean in terms of the metaverse? Yeah, it's a good question. I think we're seeing a lot, like I said, a lot more kind of businesses looking to the, the kind of near future of how they can adopt some metaverse technologies. So for example, the hardware that you access a lot of these, for example, smartphones that are AR enabled or even virtual reality devices, which are, you know, the form factors alone in 2022 have come down to these really incredible standalone devices that are very comfortable to wear and have amazing kind of endless possibilities for things like remote collaboration, extended kind of workspaces, um, training, all sorts of different things happening. So I think businesses are looking at this and saying, right, the technology, the hardware side of the technology is getting to the point where it is scalable, right? We in PwC are kind of doing some really exciting projects with clients using this technology now. And then also beyond that, we're kind of looking at key disruption areas in certain industries where the metaverse is going to have the biggest impact. For example, healthcare or industry or people and organization there's so many interesting kind of parts of organizations that are now saying right the metaverse is here to stay it's not just a hype craze we might not call it the metaverse in five years time but the evolution of the internet itself is changing that is undeniable so I think executives and and organizations are a lot more open to now saying okay where do we need to put our investments in the near kind of one to three year? And what does this look like in a 10 year window? Which again is, is opening up really interesting conversations for myself and my team in the UK to help these clients kind of look at those areas. So it's almost as though it's being recognised now as part of almost a business as usual technology rather than a kind of, as you said, like a hype, a hype piece, which is really interesting to hear. Um, Maria, from your perspective in terms of maybe the AI angle in this, how would you kind of respond to, to Alex's comments there? I would not wish for Metaverse to become a business as usual technology, as it's kind of happened with AI, because we haven't really 
address some of the key challenges of boat technology that are still emerging. We're still learning about it. And that is the, the, the risk they bring and the, the harms that will inflict on the users. Um, the risk of labeling or um, relabeling both technologies as, as mainstream is that you lose the focus and attention from solving those issues and understanding that there is a, a transformational um, element that needs to happen within organization. We need to learn how to work with those new technology in a way that will allow us to remain competitive, but also being, be on top of it. Um, and uh, Alex and I, our team, have started working on the risk of the metaverse to really understand and, and, and map, first of all, what are possible uh, less positive implications of this new technology and how us in PwC are able to tap into our experience in working with previous technology, including AI, and developing uh, risk taxonomies and, and, and risk and control um, strategies to be able to remain in control. And I think that's something that the regulators are um, getting getting at, being able to recognize that we need to bring the risk in the same sentence with benefits when we consider investing in those technologies. And that's to start with is an edu educational process. We've seen this in AI and we've seen we've gone a long way uh, from raising awareness of the, um, um, uh, the models, AI models, in enhance various inequality and, and, and break things around before they solve it. So I think it's time for us to take this this learnings and 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 um, uh, put it in the context of the metaverse and al allow us to go in that direction in a safe and responsible manner. And I think that's really important. I can't stress how important it is for us to not to be again intoxicated with the enthusiasm mm. that that was just a new technology that will help us um, solve a lot of problems, but go in places we haven't been. Uh, forgetting that, that there are there are strings attached yeah and uh, to be fair to, to, to that point I think one of the key pieces of work that we do is helping clients kind of like on that journey and whenever we engage in some kind of metaverse related project whether that be again through like a, a kind of web 3 blockchain based uh, project or whether that be more of a virtual reality virtual world augmented reality deployment definitely part of the process to Maria's point, is absolutely looking at that framework of compliance and risk and helping clients, especially big organizations where this is like a whole new world for them, helping them understand how is a safe and compliant way to go about this, even if regulation is kind of playing catch up a little bit. And would you say that that's something that you've seen evolving and shifting over the course of, of the past year? And what might some of those successes look like in terms of communicating the need for, for frameworks and safeguarding with some of these technologies? Yeah, I think it's interesting, right, because every conversation I'm having around the relationship between regulation and innovation is very much it's kind of a catch-22, right? Like mm. one has to go first. Yeah. And often it's been technology runs away and then regulation plays catch-up. And I think uh, there is a little bit of that. At the end of the day, they don't have anything to regulate if it's not being used and it's not being wanted to be implemented in some kind of big ways. But at the same time, I think you know, we're definitely paying attention. We don't want to kind of 
maybe make some mistakes of, of, of previous innovations where we don't consider this right from the start. So the ethical implications, the safety implications, you know, even just things like, you know, if you're wearing a headset, for example, in virtual reality, you need to understand like the, the how to safeguard someone when they're going into that space, not just physically, are they in a safe environment to actually be able to jump into a virtual world, <laughs> but also mentally, you know, what are they about to go through? Anyone that's not done virtual reality might not know the kind of power of that immersion that happens and so making sure that especially if you're doing something like unconscious bias training or something that's a little bit quite you know vivid and visceral to make sure that you've got that kind of um that that safeguarding when they come out of the headset to be able to be supported and make sure that that stuff is rigorously tested and you know what you're going to be kind of putting people through before you implement it so that's a key consideration of ours. Regulators have been um, catching up for a while now with the advancement of technology. Um, but there's there's a, another trend, especially in AI, that will help keep um, those who develop technology honest in a certain in, in, in a way, which is the education of the wider public and the notion of participatory um, uh, design, um, especially applied in the context of AI, which means that more stakeholders will involve will be involved in the decision being made about technology, and that will create um, an extra layer of pressure um, in terms of what standards and what rules are being followed when technology is being developed and used. And I think that's exciting because it's not just about resorting to regulation every single time when something goes wrong. It's about um, creating a society, an environment, where we have more transparency about how technology is being developed, what sort of uh, uh, objective uh, are being fulfilled, what sort of... Um, structures are behind, what sort of incentives, and with that being able to open up um, uh, themselves to more scrutiny and critique that will allow for the regulation to play a part in how we govern technology, but it's not the only uh, governance tool that we have for emerging technologies. No, absolutely, and that I mean that all sounds very sensible and a pragmatic approach that we that we need to take in terms of education alongside regulation, and not just relying on regulation alone. Of course, it sounds it sounds common sense, hmm. but from 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 that to practice is a long way because yeah. we need to start changing how we operate. We need to start changing how we frame technology in the first place, and that's a, a whole new trend. In a, in a field of AI that looks at reframing AI from um, uh, just focusing on a mere technology, a general purpose technology, data and algorithms into a socio-technical system that really acknowledges the implication a technology like AI has on the context of development and use. And that's fundamental because once we redefine technology and we understand its core benefits but also limitations we'll be able to govern it better we'll be able to be better prepared even for unintended future consequences so in terms of looking back over the past 12 months and also i suppose looking forward to next year why for year just doing some uh, uh, crystal crystal ball gazing as well which we love to do on the podcast do you feel that we have seen examples or we anticipate to see examples of where this awareness uh, awareness raising I- I is working or where regulation is expected to come in to help uh, or to complement that that kind of educational piece as well 
Over to you on that one, Maria. The biggest event in the world of AI will be um, the uh, uh, AI Act in the European Commission. It's in the final stages um, in, of approval in European Parliament. And that will be, I will dare to say, a cataclysmic event in the world of AI because it will put things in perspective, will require uh, more investment in compliance, and with that, a whole new mindset and how AI is being developed at scale. Um, how exactly that will pan in practice, what sort of a market will will we have once we have that uh, a, a new uh, law is applicable in a European context remain to be seen. But we've already seen a, a lot of movement from companies to preempty the regulatory requirements by saying, um, we need we, we know we need to transform. We need to know to open ourselves up, to be more transparent, to have guidance in place, to have principles, to have um, uh, procedures. So that preparation will allow to, uh, almost like um, a complementary uh, change to what the um, the new compliance rule will mean, which is that that transformation, being able to engage with a wide variety of stakeholders to bring civil society in those conversations, mm. right? The fact that we have so many algorithms that are making life or death decisions in so many different contexts, and those who are firsthand impacted have no word to say. And we, we see this, this trend growing and growing, companies pushing themselves to be much more open and transparent and engaging with, with those groups that they, they, they haven't been engaged or consulted before. I get goosebumps every time I hear Maria talk, just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. To all. And this is why we work together on this stuff, right? Because admittedly, I am more of a creative technologist. So, you know, I approach things from the more, you know, experience design element and kind of what the actual end experience looks like. But as we're finding out on this episode, like it's so, so important that we are considering these aspects because we want this, we want these technologies first and foremost, like you're, like you're saying, to, to impact people for the better, right? We want to make people's lives better with technology. So we have to do that by thinking about people first, technology second. I think generally speaking, there is a little bit of a, ooh, new gadget, exciting new innovation. But actually, if we start with a, right, what are we trying to achieve? What what do we want, you know, the experience to be like for end users? What are we trying to solve here? And then apply the technology rather than, you know, getting carried away in the hype. It's a balancing act. Although sometimes I feel like I'm ruining the party. So. <laughs> any, no, me any mention of the life party. or death on this podcast <laughs> always makes me a little bit edgy, I have to say, in terms of the use of technology. <laughs> Um, but okay so regulation aside if we look forward to to next year do you anticipate seeing any evolutions or any other changes in terms of how this technology is implemented that can have some some positive impacts in in terms of some of these um uh, factors we're talking about i think in terms of you know if you think about like the metaverse technology stack as a whole bunch of innovation coming together, right? It's, it's lots of different technologies that make up the metaverse kind of stack. And I think from a from that experiential point of view, like what you're actually interacting with, I think we're going to see loads of progress in 2023. Because in 2022, like I say, it was a lot about kind of, right, the hype is dying down. What are the real use cases kind of coming out of that period? 
And so this year has all been about testing, prototyping, piloting, small bespoke projects, like really getting a sense of the landscape and the economy that makes up the kind of metaverse industry, I guess. In 2023, I'm really excited. Like I say, we're getting to the point of scale now with some of these hardwares. The ROI from a not just financial point of view, but also just an experiential point of view. Like people love, especially in the workplace, interacting in these new exciting ways. Um, I think in 2023, we're going to see see much more kind of big tangible projects being rolled out across industries, and especially in certain industries, which already know that they're going to achieve, you know, be able to achieve really exciting things with things like massive virtual reality deployments, um, using kind of virtual worlds to build communities within organizations, transforming work workplace collaboration it's going to be a really exciting year but also within that I do think there will also be I think a little bit more of an understanding about how web3 and blockchain and smart contracts and and nfts and all that exciting stuff that bubbles away in the kind of infrastructure layer of the metaverse I think in 2023 we're going to see some really exciting again use cases for that come through because I think virtual reality augmented reality the experience side of the metaverse is a bit more well established in a business context but I'm excited to see where it goes with web3 especially as regulation starts to play catch up and Maria from your perspective um do you expect to see or hope to see maybe any successes next year that might uh, contribute to this kind of development as well? More likely there, there will be some excitement developments coming out of AI research. But for the rest of us in the, in, in the real world, I think we'll continue, continue the same trend of strengthening the foundation of digital transformation, which, been, which has been a long, long time coming. The fact that uh, we've, we've told our clients to prioritize digital transformation for a long time before we had the pandemic prioritize uh, digitization of the network, which, which saw investments in cloud migration uh, off the roof. And once we see this is stability of the enterprise architecture, we will be able to s- start playing with the metaverse uh, at, at, at the different scale. We have, I feel that we have learned the ropes of how to transform our organizations with the world of digital. Uh, we are much more mature in understanding how to augment human capabilities with technology rather than uh, thinking as black and white as replacing humans with machines. Mm. And in that case, we will be in a better position to see all the emerging technology delivering value, real, real values that might not be as excitement, e- exciting, um, but they will, they, they will, they will they will deliver what they were supposed to deliver. And probably that's the most exciting thing. The boring AI, boring technologies <laughs> will be there to save the day. While yes. we'll keep an eye on the whole protein folding and the whole AI beating us at, at various games or various activities and the world of AI safety uh, emerging stronger and stronger, which will have an impact for the metaverse because we need to start discussing, especially in business-to-business context, how we provision, how we design for safety of the user, especially when we'll have, we'll spend much more time in the virtual world and, and we, we need to expand the same 
laws of protection and safety from this physical world in the virtual world and how do we do that probably it's going to be a challenge for 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 2023 but i would say that the big trend in 2023 i hope it's going to be safety of technology but safety being taken very seriously and not just short-term safety Mm -hmm. it's long-term safety of operating in those environments working alongside machine and also thinking about the future you know um the whole discussion about ai taking over humanity a few years Mm. back it's been taking with you know a lot of laughter and dismay by 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 a, a lot of us but the developments we have seen with ai prove that those visionaries might have been right that there, there there is a, a there 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 is a lot to think about uh, those smart machines um that that are increasingly developing human like capabilities that we need to be thinking about and investing in research and also thinking about operating in virtual environment what does it do mm. for our well our physical and mental well-being no we know so little about it how would we be able to make policy decisions or regulatory decision if the research is nowhere to be seen in those topics? I think to that point, though, interestingly, I think that this year, 2022, has been the first real year since the pandemic, right? And I think during the pandemic, we had this huge acceleration in technology, right? Because we needed it. Fundamentally, we needed it to get through that time. And so it's going to be really interesting again in 2023 to see what does the workplace look like? What does our social lives look like as a result of those kind of couple of years? I mean, you know, the younger generations, they are even more so turning to these virtual worlds, which you know, yes, absolutely, there needs to be a lot more kind of uh, safeguarding and research into into safety, but also, you know, they seem to be doing pretty well and those economies <laughs> are booming and digital assets are becoming, you know, uh, extremely important because of that kind of convergence of the physical and digital kind of social and workplace life. So, again, exciting times to think in 2023 where, where technology is going to fit into our everyday lives. And that's not just metaverse, that's all technology as we start to get back to, dare I say it, normal. Normal, whatever that was in the first place. Yes. Um Well, Alex and Maria, thank you so much for joining me to discuss some of these technologies, some of the opportunities that they can bring, both in terms of kind of metaverse and more broadly AI. But also, I think, Maria, as you've made very clear, some of the wider considerations we need to give that implementation as well in terms of safety, thinking about the end user, safeguarding um, and making sure that's part of the wider conversation and not just an afterthought. Um, So thank you both very much for, for joining me for this for this discussion. Um, listeners as well thank you very much for joining us for this episode you can also join us for the final letter of the alphabet in the next episode when we'll be discussing generation z um alan alex you did you gave a, a, you gave a great segue there into into some of those topics as well so Teed thank you, you very much <laughs>